Let's continue then with Matthew chapter 2. Let's look at verses 3, 3 through 6. Then when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. In other words, he, he pulled the, these guys together. He said, hey, go find the priest. Go find the scribes and ask them, where do the scriptures say that this Messiah is going to be born? So they got together and they came and they told King Herod, verse 5, so they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Micah chapter 5 verse 2 is the specific prophecy of Micah telling us what? The specific city that he's going to be born in, Bethlehem. It's interesting, Herod didn't know that, Herod wasn't sure, but the chief priest knew that. The chief priest knew it, the scribes knew it. So what's significant here? Key point number two is this, don't overlook the message of God's word. Don't overlook the message of God's word. Notice that King Herod asked the chief priests and the scribes, where do the scriptures tell us that the Messiah is going to be born? They respond by quoting Micah 5.2, Bethlehem of Judea. Herod, who was actually known as his title was king of the Jews, was not even Jewish. <laughs> he was not even Jewish. You know what he was? He was an Edomite. Hmm. You remember the prophecy <laughs> that they're going to destroy who? The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites. Okay? So here we have king, the king of the Jews, King Herod, who's not even a Jew himself. He, in fact, is an Edomite. And that's incredible. So let's put this in perspective of Balaam's prophecy. There were three rival kingdoms east of Israel, the Moabites. Now, who are the Moabites? The Moabites came from Lot and his oldest daughter. I won't elaborate on that. I'll just let you uh, understand what happened there. The Ammonites are a product of Lot and his youngest daughter. And the Edomites are the descendants of Esau, Jacob's twin brother. So let's look back at the prophecy of Balaam. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of the tumult. So whether or not King Herod knew of the prophecy is not certain. However, his actions indicate that he did know his title as king of the Jews was being threatened. So Herod was not interested in worshiping the arrival of the true king of Jews. He was interested in power. He was a ruthless king. He was so hungry for power that he was prepared to have hundreds of children slaughtered to make sure that the Messiah was destroyed. The incredibly sad part of the passage in Matthew chapter 2 
is that none of them, none of them were interested in expressing worship. Not the chief priest, not the scribes, not the king, none of them. They were only interested in being the object of worship. The priests, the scribes, and the king knew the word of God. They knew it. They understood that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. But yet three wise men show up, and these three, or, or these religious leaders then, and a political king are more concerned with their own power than the arrival of the Messiah. So don't miss this. This is so important for us. It isn't enough to know God's Word. God's Word must prompt us toward worship of the Messiah. If God's Word doesn't change us, then our knowledge might be nothing more than that of the priests and the scribes as described in this passage. They knew what the Word of God said, but they had no personal application of God's Word. Let's consider Daniel. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 says this, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and, shall, and knowledge shall increase. Now that sounds very familiar to another passage. Listen to Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. That's a terrible, terrible famine. For people to be in search of God's word, to be looking for it, longing for it, desiring it, looking for answers. And there's a famine of God's word. Amos 8 warns us that the day will come when there's going to be a famine of God's Word. The people are, are going to run from place to place in search of truth, unable to find it. But God promises Daniel that in the last days, God's people will understand prophetic Scripture. So we must devote ourselves to understanding and applying God's Word to our lives. I believe that a great famine occurs every single day across America. As our homes are filled with Bibles that sit on coffee tables or they're tucked away in drawers without a desire to increase in knowledge. They just sit and collect dust until the next week and the next opportunity to carry it to church. Know God's Word. Search the Scriptures. Seek to know it and understand it better. Live God's Word. Apply the Scriptures. Seek to live out the truths of God's Word in your life. If we don't, then we're no different than the religious leaders 
that were hanging out with King Herod. We have some knowledge of scripture, but that, that's where it ends. It doesn't impact, it doesn't change our lives. 